Shalom and welcome to another in our series of podcasts from Temple Beth Am, a dynamic center for conservative Judaism in Los Angeles. You are listening to a Shabbat teaching with Larry Herman. Well, it just happened. It wasn't intended this way. Um, I didn't ask, but this happens to be my next week is my Bar Mitzvah Parsha. Um, and for those of you who listen to Jen Lowe talk about her Bar Mitzvah, Bat Mitzvah Parsha and the story about it, mine wasn't nearly as exciting. I went to a conservative shul where we didn't lane from the Torah, so I never learned to lane. Um, and where we didn't give a drasha, so I didn't learn to give a drasha when I was young. And um, I had a what was called a B'nai Mitzvah. I was sharing it with another young man who happened to be the son of the president of the shul. So you can imagine where the spotlight shone. And uh, the haftarah for Kedusha is rather short, and I did half of a short haftarah. And I also led Ashrei, which is probably why to this day I like to sing Ashrei and to, uh, and to make sure that, we, that I recite it three, three times a day. Um, but besides that, as I grew older and I saw that the Parsha Kedoshim was usually combined with Ahrei Mot as it was this year, my general lack of enthusiasm for the book of Vayikra, Leviticus, was uh, emphasized as we read Ahrei Mot. So what, what Joanna read today, the chapter 16 is all about Yom Kippur, but it's all about the ritual, the temple ritual, the cultic ritual of Yom Kippur, not at all anything about the, the psychological elements that make it meaningful, or at least make it meaningful for me today. Chapter 17 of Akhremot is about sacrifice in what I will call disgusting detail. So if you thought that Tazriya Matsura was a lot of not particularly uh, pleasant stuff to read about, read chapter 17 in Akhremot. Uh, read it enough, and maybe you'll become a vegetarian like me. Chapter 18 is all about the laws of incest and sexual perversion, which, as you know, we read on um, the afternoon of Yom Kippur. And um, I understand why those laws are there. But again, it is not the most uplifting reading. But then you get to chapter 19 of Ayikra which is the beginning of Kedoshim. And it is, to my way of looking at it, perhaps the most uplifting chapter in the entire Torah, maybe in the entire Tanakh, because the chapter, for the most part, not exclusively, focuses on moral principles. And this is great contrast, a stark contrast to the rest of Vayikra, so much so that I wonder, without any basis for saying so, whether it came from the same source as Vayikra, which is sometimes known as Torah HaKohanim, the Torah or the book of the Kohanim, the priestly writing, which at least critical biblical scholars think was written at a different time and by different, different authorship than much of the rest of the, of the Torah. So if you'll turn, and I'm going to share my screen right now, I hope. Yeah, there we go. Um, not yet. Hold on. Okay, let's try to do it this way. Share screen. And I know it's there. There it is. Okay. So 
For the first time, I made a source sheet from Sfaria. I need a little help doing that in the future to make it better, but I've copied pretty much what I wanted to. And I want to read the uh, uh, some of the verses um, together, and I'd like you to participate. So I do want to ask you some questions about it, but I will I will say that I want you to note the parts, the words that I have in bold. And anybody who can figure out why I have them in bold, you can raise your hand, shout it out right away, and then we'll come back to it later on. If you know right now, you won't be spoiling anything, you can go ahead. Tybal raised her hand, so maybe she has an idea already. Um, because I think that one can derive the Big Ten, known in English as the Ten Commandments, from the Holiness Code, but you can't do the reverse. I'm guessing that you put in bold anything that also shows up in the Big Ten. Well, that would have been a great idea. And what you said is true, that the Ten Commandments are all here, although we're not going to be focusing on that particularly, but that's not what I bolded. So it's... Got a siren going, and my son's dog likes to howl when sirens are going. Yeah, because he uh, thought I was really right. Yeah, 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 she did. Stevie thought you were really right. Um, no, but I'm going to go ahead and we're going to read um, verse 2. And verse 2 says, Diber el kol adat bene Yisrael va'amarta alehem kidoshim tiyu ki kadoshani arnoi lohechem. And I bolded the Kedoshim to you, Kikadoshim Eleichem. And in English, it speaks to the whole Israelite community and say to them, y'all should be holy for I, the Lord, your God, am holy. And I'm going to ask you, what do you think is the most important word in that law, in that verse to you? And I'll tell you afterwards what I think is the most important word. Yeah. Diane. So this one is in the in the plural. This is addressed to the entire congregation, and the first one's in the singular. So we we are commanded to be holy each each of us individually, but also holy collectively. All right, I can stop right now. We can go home. We can do Mari, and we all be done early. But Diane's got it. But she probably heard my drasha on this issue on this parsha about four years or three four years ago. It's to you. It's you all shall be holy. It's clear here, although I will admit not every verse in this chapter is in the plural, but most of them are, that God is addressing the community. We have a communal responsibility to be holy, is my read, my take on all of this. And I think that that's what's introduced in the very first verse. Now, I will tell you that I did not go in the direction of some of the commentators commentary, which was they connect this being holy to the previous chapter, which, if you recall, is about sexual, uh, permitted sexual relations. And they are saying the way you're holy is by not engaging in perverse sexual relations. But some of the commentators also see this in the way that I did, or I should say I see in the way they did, starting with Rashi. Um, And so usually I think uh, Rabbi Shots or others ask for volunteers. If I have a volunteer to read the Rashi on 19.2.1, if I don't see a volunteer, I'm just going to read myself. So I'll read myself. Rashi is 
is speaking to the beginning, Diber El Kol Adat B'nai Yisrael, and he says this, the addition of the words Kol Adat, teaches us that this section was proclaimed in full assembly because most of the fundamental teachings of the Torah are dependent on it, contained in it. In other words, what Taibo was saying is that not only the Ten Commandments are here, but pretty much everything you need to know is here. And so God is saying to Moses, make sure you tell this to everyone because everybody needs to know this. And I would add, they need to know this as a community and they need to know this as individuals. Cheskuni, which some of you know is my favorite commentator, commentator um, has a very similar read on this. And uh, I don't know how she does it, because I only see about four faces up there. Any volunteers? You can just jump in. All right. So we move along. Cheskuni says, that he's speaking about the same words, kol adat b'nei Yisrael, speak to the entire congregation of the children of Israel. This verse teaches that this legislation, interesting use of the term legislation, was revealed to the whole people while they were all assembled. What is the reason for this? Because so many laws are contained in it that address all the people in their daily lives. I find that way of putting it, all the people in their daily lives. In other words, both as a community, but also as individuals in their daily lives. Our author enumerates a synopsis of all these laws commanded in the 37 verses of this chapter, showing how even the Ten Commandments were repeated here also. So. I did not you I did not refer to commentators and the rest of what I'm reading here. So I'm going to pick up with with verses three and four. And you'll notice there's nothing bolded in three and four. And three is very simple. You shall each revere his mother and his father and keep my Sabbaths. I, the Lord, am your God. There are at least three things to note about this verse. Anyone want to guess or have any ideas? What are the three? Things that either stand out, stand out, should stand out, or maybe will stand out to you. Yes, Taibu. Um, I'm blocking on which proverb it is, but there's one of the proverbs that says you should listen to the Torah of your mother and the Musar of your father, which has always been interesting to me that the Torah word goes with mother and Musar goes with father, but here, the parents are listed individually. And what about in the what about in the in the original Ten Commandments? How are they listed? I think it's father first, but I don't remember both of them. It is. It is. It is. It's father first. So that's one thing that's, that that happens here is you have mother before father, and there are tons and tons of uh, of of midrashim and and commentaries about why that would be, including what you've just described um, as well. Do you see any anything else that stands out in the verse? So you hit one. Well, there's. Uh, it also talks about keeping God's Sabbath, and it's right. in the same in the same sentence as revering your parents. Right, Marlies. Right, is that Marlies? I don't. don't yeah. st- okay, right. So, right, isn't that interesting? Why we have kibbutz avav here um, in the same sentence as keeping the Sabbaths. And again, we could we could explore that and talk about why those two things uh, seem to go together. And what's the third thing that we see in this verse? 
All you have to do is keep reading. <laughs> is it's one of the verses, one of the many verses in this particular, in this chapter, which ends with similar, almost identical, or sometimes identical, sometimes slight variations on Ani Adonai Eloichem. Now, again, we can talk about why the different verses end with that, but throughout the entire chapter, we're given a commandment, and what's the reason for the commandment? The commandment is because I am the Lord, your God. And what do we take from that? I mean, okay, big deal. You're telling us you're the boss. But I think it's more than that. Marshall. Well, I, I want to just go back for a second, Larry, to the um, the question as to why the Shabbat and Ishavivi uh, Imoti Ra'u are together. If you take a look at the actual Hebrew text itself, at the beginning of the Chizkuni, it says, uh, parashazo. it teaches that this paragraph or section, ne'emrah is are related as was done at the, with the aseret hadibrot, that the Ten Commandments and this section are also done with a full assembly of the people. And if you look at the aseret hadibrot, we know that the fourth of the aseret hadibrot is the Shmirat Shabbat, keeping the Sabbath, and the fifth one is honoring one's parents. So maybe that's why they're juxtaposed here in this particular text. That's a good point. And Marshall, I would even say this adds to what I think it was Taimala was saying, whereas the mother and father are switched, here the order of the two mitzvot are also switched. Because here we have the honor your parents or revere your parents before Shabbat, whereas in the giving of the Ser Dibrot back in, in Shemot, it's the other way around. So we could we could explore that some more. Taibo, did you want to add something? Um, if I may. So um, as I'm sure everybody knows, sometimes when you prepare something you've looked at before, you see some, you get hooked on, worked up about something different. And I was getting to, when I was preparing to leave the Seder this year, I got very interested in the five covenants in Tanakh and which ones had an oat assigned and which one, and which one actually turns out doesn't. So to me, this also jumps out because Sabbath is one of the two oat, one of the two signs for the covenant at Sinai. Okay. Indeed. Indeed. So that would suggest why it was here at the top of the list. Okay, Diane, and then we're going to move on so we can close on time. So if if you look at that verse and you think about where people learn to keep Shabbat, they learn it at the table of their parents. So maybe this is you shall revere your mother and father because that's where you learned about Shabbat. And not only, I love that. And not only, it's the first of the commandments here that it, that we actually have in this list. And what's the reason? Exactly what you said. It's because whatever you're going to do, whatever these laws happen to be, you're going to learn first from your house. You're going to learn first from your mother and father. Whether it's keeping the Sabbath, or if we move to the next verse, not making idols, in other words, practicing good behavior religiously in terms of worshiping, 
which is in the fourth verse, which you'll notice there's nothing bolded there. By the way, I'm skipping verses five through eight. I did want to talk about it a little bit, only to mention these are cultic verses, which I believe, though I have no support for them, were inserted, that there was a insertion here. I don't believe that they are consistent with the rest of the verses. Maybe one year I'll give a Devar Torah about that, or we can have a study about that. You can take me to task and tell me I have no basis for saying so. But I'm jumping to verse number nine, which is, and I'll read only in English quickly, when you reap the harvest of your land, you should not reap all the way to the edges of your field or gather the gleanings of your harvest, teaching us that we've got to take care of the poor in our community. Verse 10 basically does the same thing. I won't read it here. Verse 11, you shall not steal and you shall not deal deceitfully or falsely with one another, combining again two of the Ten Commandments. Nothing bolded here, but teaching us about good community behavior that we're supposed to practice as individuals. Verse 12, you shall not swear falsely my, by my name, profaning the name of your God. I am the Lord. Here we've got that again. I'm moving on quickly in the interest of time. 13, you shall not defraud your fellow. You shall not commit robbery. Notice that you shall not swear falsely by my name is bracketed by, in the previous verse, you shall not steal and act deceitly. And then in verse 13, you shall not defraud your fellows. You shall not commit robbery. Those two things that seem to be similar, and they're both sandwiched around. They shall not deal false. You shall not swear falsely by my name. But the end of verse 13, the wages of a laborer shall not remain with you until morning. Again, you shall practice good business behavior. And now we get to verse 14. And you'll notice there's some bolding. And what's bolded is, you shall not insult the deaf or place a stumbling block before the blind. Okay, I've always liked that phrase, but why did I bold it? No ideas yet. Next phrase, next verse, entirely bolded. I'll read it only in English for the moment. You shall not render an unfair decision. Do not favor the poor or show deference to the rich. Judge your kinsmen fairly. All of it's bolded. Oh, okay, Taibo, you got an idea? Yeah, though, you know, I didn't do so, do so well with my first guess, but... No, it was yeah. great. The guess was, the guess was great. You were right on the mark. It wasn't just what I was doing. Uh, so could this be... Um, going back to Diane's point, this was addressed to the community in plural... And you can't create community unless you, in English, we would say the weakest link. If you ensure that the most vulnerable will be taken care of and have a place. I love your Torah. I really do. And I would, I, in the future, with your permission, I'm going to steal your ideas if I ever write another drash on this, on this one. But that's not why I did it. And it's clear that none of you have the same daily habit that I have. And just, I'm going to quickly go to verse 16, because we got to start married in about two minutes. Verse 16, do not deal basely with your countrymen. And then, lo ta'amod al damreacha. Do not profit by the blood of your fellow. And verse 17 is bolded, lo tisna et achicha bilvavecha. You shall not hate your kinsfolk in your heart. Still nobody. Not Marshall, not Joanna, huh? Well, I have an idea. I don't know if it's, I was just wondering if, um, 
it had anything to do with holiness since that was what you first it does have to do with all of your ideas are great it's i'm asking a question to which the idea is very specific very very specific if we go to verse 18 is bolded and then that's it right that's it that's the only thing that's bolded i'm just going to quickly scan if you're looking if you have if you've downloaded it but now look what I've got at the very end of my hand out there. That's page five of Sidur Sim Shalom. I don't know what page it is in the big, uh, thick, thicker Sim Shalom. And this is where in the morning, if you're like me and you have a routine and you say Moderni, and after Moderni, you say Baruch Shaladam, and after Baruch Shaladam, then you say the Torah Brachot, La Torah, and then you read it. In every Orthodox, Orthodox playbook, it starts with Yivarechacha Hashem, Yivarecha Naiv Yishmarecha, and then the next thing is from Mishnah, and the next thing is from the Talmud. Well, it really isn't, but that's another story. Um, and goes on, but look in the middle, look at that, look right here, that paragraph, which doesn't appear in any Orthodox Siddur, but appears in our conservative Siddur, and what does it say? Kedoshim tiyuki kadosha niya nailehecham lotakalacheresh velifneiver, etc., etc., etc. It's extractions from this particular parsha, from this particular chapter that we're supposed to read every day, because the rabbis who put this Siddur together said we've got to have a moral, a um, an ethical catechism that we recite every day. And they extracted what they thought were the most, I assume, what they thought were the most important moral lessons to take out of Parshat Kedoshim that we recited every single morning. I do. I don't know about you. Maybe take a look at it. Think about it. And that's what I got for you today. Anyways, Marshall, last word. You got to unmute yourself. I'm just looking at Ruvain Hammer's commentary, Larry. Oh, yeah, please, go. Where where he, this is in the Shabbat Sidur. I don't recall if it's in the weekday one. It is. Where he says, we must stand apart from all impurity, be it ritual or moral. Right. And Vayikra is mainly, mainly about ritual purity. Mm-hmm. And here the, the rabbis, including Reuven Hammer, who Diane and I knew and, and were, were friends with, is basically is is basically saying that 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 we need to stand apart morally, and that's they wanted to make sure that this was front and center every morning when you get up when you're ready to enter Davani. You have been listening to another in our series of podcasts from Temple Beth Am, a dynamic center for conservative Judaism in Los Angeles. If you enjoy these podcasts, we invite you to write a review on the Apple Podcast site or wherever you get your podcasts. For more information about Temple Beth Am Los Angeles, go to tbala.org.